0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Sunday Lineups. I am Noah Hiles. He is... Alex Stone. And Alex, it took four months, but we have baseball. It's finally back, and
1: my God, was it nice to see. 128 days between Pirates baseball games. That's, that's an offseason. It, it, almost between like when the regular season ends and when spring training begins mm-hmm. almost 128 days and not just for parts baseball for, for North American sports. This was, these were the first three games between the Yankees Mets and Phillies and nationals. Those were the first out of the four major sports to return. Oh my goodness. That was a wonderful day at the ballpark. Yeah. Uh,
0: you were obviously there. Why don't you take us through it? How was it just going in? How, how Describe the feeling walking through the media entrance, knowing that there was going to be a nine-inning baseball game between two teams from different cities.
1: You know, I, I ended up writing this. This was, this was the piece I ended up writing today, because I got to the ballpark, and it really hadn't hit me. I mean, I knew it was, you know, there's going to be a game that day. But after about a week and a half of watching the interest squads, it felt like it was just going to be another interest squad, you know, a type deal. But it really didn't hit me until after Joe Musgrove stopped throwing his warm pitches and it was time to go. And, yes, it was all fake noise. It was all artificial. But it sounded like an actual group of people. It sounded like time at the ballpark. and. uh, Considering we can't be in groups of people of twenty-five or more, we've all been self-isolating and quarantined, and all that stuff. I didn't realize how much I missed just the sound of being at the ballpark. How, how, you watch this one on TV. How did it translate over the broadcast?
0: Uh, well, I'll take you through my experience overall. So, I was Monday's my dad's birthday. I will be covering the second of these scrimmages between the Pirates and the Indians in Cleveland on Monday, as will you. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I will not be able to see him on his birthday. So I decided to drive down here and surprise him and watch the game with him today. I was running a bit late. I had to make a little bit of a detour on my way uh, to Pittsburgh. So I was running a little bit late. So I got to listen to the first two innings on the radio. And if you know anything about me, you know, that's probably the way I would have wanted it. I, I love baseball on the radio. I, I'm I'm one of those. I mean, you hear the you hear like people older than us talk about how they would hide a radio under their bed and listen to you know the games when they were little kids. I did that. I, I I remember listening to Lanny for Terry anytime the Pirates were on the West Coast, and that would that would I would listen to that as I fell asleep as a kid. And you know, with my radio background and everything, I love baseball on the radio is. That's America, man. That's an American summer event. And just getting to hear Joe block on the call and it was a slice of normal. That was, that was needed big time. And I even tuned in a little bit to the Indians guy, Tom Hamilton's a hell of a play-by-play guy as well. I don't know if you've ever heard any of his calls or anything. He's a very well-respected play-by-play guy. It was good to hear both of them. It was good to hear, you know, different broadcasters doing their thing and, Then I I walk in the door in my dad's house. I walk through the front door and he's sitting in his, his, his uh, lazy boy chair in the living room and Josh Bell's at bat. And it's a, it's an image I've seen a million times walking through my dad's front door and a Pirates players, you know, at the plate, you know, trying to battle out a deep count or whatever. And, it was just a, like I said, it was a much needed slice of normal and it was normal for you. You're back at the ballpark. It was a normal work day. It's a normal thing you're passionate about. And I'm excited to have that experience on Monday, but deep down, we all talk about how, you know, we're, we're unbiased journalists and everything, but we're all fans of the game of baseball regardless of who we're covering and everything we're, as much, you can cover a World Series, you can cover an All-Star game, you can cover whatever. We're all, at the end of the day, that 10-year-old kid who fell in love with the game. Somewhere yeah. deep down inside you. And I think all all of America that loves baseball had that kid come out a little bit today just because we freaking missed this, man. We missed it. It was It was a nine-inning scrimmage that counted for nothing. And... It was the highlight of a lot of people's week, including mine, and it was it was special. It was special to get to share it with my dad, and my uncle, to just listen to it on the radio, to watch it on TV, just to just to hear the voices, to see Robbie doing Robbie Ipsikowski things, just all all of it. It was it was really nice. It was really nice.
1: And going back to the normalcy, I remember that thought in my head whenever. Brian Reynolds had already singled and he was up in the count like 2-1 or something like that. It's like, all right, this kind of feels – this feels normal again. You know, (laughs) Brian Reynolds getting on base a couple times in a game, none of them particularly sexy. But, you know, yeah, yeah, this is – this is something that – the return to normalcy right there. Uh, It was an experience – Unlike one I think I've ever had at a ballpark, or I, I will never have at a ballpark outside of 2020. Because You witnessed
0: an American history event today, Alex. I, it's I Not even did. sports
1: history. No, it's, it, it's, there's no
0: kind of. I mean, that's, this is an American history moment. Like, this is something that it's, a, it's along the lines of, like we talked about on our, our old show, where we were, what we were doing when all sports were canceled. And how, you know, I'll never forget watching college basketball players get called off the court. Well, now, I mean, we're nowhere near the end of COVID-19 here in America. But today was a significant step in the journey to getting through it. And you got to witness that. That was yeah. That's cool.
1: It was cool. And I think this is something that the country really needs. I mean, the... Baseball kind of lost a lot of the lore of, you know, helping the country heal with that labor dispute between the owners and the Players Association. They lost a lot of the, you know, good feel part of it. But man, it is going to still help heal after all of this. It's going to be, you can go back and, you know, it's part of your day. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to put those three hours a day and you're going to watch. You know Joe Musgrove, who who looks fantastic tonight. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. You know him pitch. Brian Reynolds hit Josh Bell. I mean, my goodness, <laughs> he 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 flicked his wrists right handed, and the ball bounced off the wall in center today. It was it was a lot of fun to watch. This is going to be. They could be a terrible team. They could be the best team. It's going to be fun just to watch sports.
0: I'll tell you what. I mean it. I never thought I'd enjoy watching an eighth inning collapse like I did. I mean that hey, well, it even, helped
1: that the game didn't matter. It, yeah, it really
0: helped. It, it sure did. You know, if that happens on that happens on opening day, that's gonna be a tougher pill to swallow, I think. I, I think the reactions are gonna be a little bit different. But even like the jokes on Twitter, you know, oh it really is normal. It is. <laughs> we're back to yeah. normal. No. But um <laughs> yeah, and like you talked about Reynolds uh just seeing that quick swing. You know, a single on the first pitch. It's like, wow, I remember that. Watching Josh Bell hit one off the center field wall, batting right handed. Wow, I remember that. Watching Francisco Lindor, the best shortstop in baseball, in my opinion, make an in incredible month. play. Wow, I remember that. You know,
1: it's, I remember,
0: it's, it's the, those little things that you kind of take for granted. And I don't really think I did take any of that for granted watching the game of baseball. I loved every second of it. But it's just nice. It's like seeing an old friend that you haven't seen in a while. I mean, it's it. It's just awesome. It's just awesome. It's hard. It's hard not to get romantic about baseball. What movie is that from?
1: That's that's Moneyball. But you you messed up the quote a little bit. Yeah, I know.
0: That's yeah.
1: That's a tough look.
0: How? What is the quote?
1: Yeah, it's how it's can late. you not? How can you not be romantic about baseball? Yeah,
0: yeah. Because Jeremy be- Brown
1: just homered and.
0: Yeah, cause and his pants fell down or something, right?
1: Well, no, he was go. He was going to second for a double. He fell down.
0: Yeah. Okay. Sorry.
1: Um. And I'm, he ran back to first base.
0: I need to snap no out 100. of it. I've been waiting for Alex to finish his game story. I can't wait to read it. It's gonna be magnificent, I'm sure. Is it up? Is it up? I mean, it's up definitely now. When people are listening to this, is it up yeah. now though? Like, can I read it? it after? It's up,
1: right? Yes, you can. Hey, you know what? Second half. Let's get. Let's get a cup of coffee and you let's get yeah. gathered for round two.
0: All right, so for the second half of the show, we're gonna break down some of the things we liked, some of the things we did not like about Saturday night scrimmage. Obviously, we just liked the fact that it took place, but aside from that, there were some good things, there were some bad things, and a lot of the good came early on. Alex, the Pittsburgh Pirates. I'm not gonna. I'm not going I'm not gonna get excited about starting pitching, especially when we only saw six innings of it in a game that meant absolutely nothing. But Joe Musgrove, Stephen Brault, and Chad Cole looked very, very, very good today.
1: Yeah, they were it, on, especially Musgrove. Musgrove came into camp. He he used to have that one seam sinker that he would dust off every once in a while. Hadn't really thrown it in Pittsburgh. He wants to have that as a weapon against left-handers today. And you know what? The dangerous part of that pitch is he doesn't even have to throw it for a strike for it to be called a strike with Jacob Stallings because where that ball ends up going, that's perfect for him, you know, to go and snatch that back into the strike zone. What he did to Santana today, it was borderline criminal like he expanded the strike zone on the low inside quarter by like an inch and a half between the two of them if he can execute that pitch that is legitimate right there that is something the rest of the league is going to have to find a way on how to hit that pitch and have or at the very least Pray that Jacob Stallings doesn't frame it for a strike, which again that's the perfect spot for him to snap it back into the strike zone. Um, the slider was moving the curveball he hung a couple, but overall looked pretty good. He threw forty pitches and got ten whiffs against yeah. the good against the good lineup, not you know the end of the game whenever they threw out just you know the spring training players against the good part of the lineup they couldn't hit him and he's kind of the de facto ace of this season of this team because there's no Jamison town. There's no Chris Archer. He's in a position right now. I think he's in the best headspace space. It has the best game plan that he has had as a pirate so far.
0: I what, what impressed me the most was his confidence in using, you kind of hinted on this already, but his confidence in using every single pitch in his arsenal and, and, the first time you're facing hitters that aren't on your team since March 12th, and he probably wasn't one of the guys pitching on March 12th, so even further back than that, in four months, you're seeing live competition in a different jersey, and you're willing to throw whatever is in your arsenal. What did he throw, five, six different pitches today?
1: He has six. If you count that one seamer, technically Mm -hmm. seven pitches to work with yeah and
0: that I mean they don't even make that many options on the video games alex that's that's crazy
1: you don't ha the catcher doesn't have that many fingers
0: the Astros would not know how many things to bang they they it's, <laughs> maybe that's why his he has so many pitches he He has the cheat codes from his time in Houston, but no, in all seriousness i I was really impressed with him i mean five strikeouts against that that Indian's lineup's nothing to laugh at i mean they've got some. They've got some serious hitters on there. They had the starting first baseman for the American League All-Star team last year. They have the best shortstop in baseball. Jose Ramirez is a guy that's been an MVP finalist. That's their 2-3-4 right there. And the other guys in the lineup aren't jokesy. I mean, Fran Mel Reyes is really good. Uh, I mean, they, they, they have some hitters on that team. So, for him yeah. to just set them down, go through the order one time, five strikeouts, one walk, one hit, 40 pitches, also just – Five strikeouts and 40 pitches. When's the last time a yeah. Pirates has been that efficient and put up those kind of numbers?
1: Garrett you know, Cole. That's,
0: yeah, that, yeah, I was literally about to say that name. And, you know, we're not sitting here trying to say Joe is going to be Garrett Cole this year, but I think the the fair way to look at it is I don't know if you can have a better start than that. And, I
1: think – I mean, his one you, hit he
0: allowed was to Lindor.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it was just a pitch that he left up a little bit, you know, it was the type of thing is like, okay, that's going to be a single or double, not really anything that's going to go into the stands, but going to the fact to the whole rotation or not the whole rotation, the whole arsenal that he has, I think it's going to be very interesting because he has these six or seven pitches, but last year he and Searage would, you know, finalize like, Hey, we're really going to rely on these three or four in this start. And you know, we're not going to throw the curveball. Maybe we offer it once or twice, but, you know, this is going to be a slider, two-seam, four-seam changeup day, that type of thing. I, I get that, you know, preparing in that regard, but if you have those tools in your disposal and you have a catcher like Stallings, that they are both very comfortable with each other, that they can, you know, actually throw six or seven pitches, that's a weapon that few pitchers have. And it's not just six or seven pitches. These are six or seven pitches that run the gamut of somewhere between pretty good to actually really good. I think something that you can throw is, when you're yeah.
0: behind in the count.
1: Yeah, I think that changeup is something not a lot of people get credit for. I think Joe Musgrove, in general is going to take a big step against lefties, whatever he has that changeup, and he has that one-seamer at his disposal. So,
0: aside from Musgrove, I would say the second-best player for the Pittsburgh Pirates this, this evening was Chad Cool. Uh, while he, his body of work wasn't as impressive as Musgrove's, when you consider this was the first game back from Tommy John, and he had two innings, I believe, what was it, 21 pitches in two innings? That sounds right. And, again, very efficient. The velocity was there. The curveball was looking really good. Nothing, you know. I mean, we're not we're not flying our Chad Cool, Cy Young pennants right now. But <laughs> that that's some that's somebody. If the Pirates are going to be competitive with the injuries they already have to their rotation and some of the questions they have with the bullpen, Chad Cool is going to have to be one of their best players this season if they're going to be competitive. And you have to feel confident, or you have to feel maybe not confident, but you have confident. You but you have to feel optimistic after what you saw from him today.
1: You know, I think it's no coincidence that Chad Cole pitched really well following Stephen Brault, mm-hmm. and those two are very intriguing choices for piggyback because not only is it the right-hander, or left-hander, Chad Cole throws a little harder, his breaking ball you know, is a little sharper. And, you know, after the pattern just saw Stephen Brault, maybe that plays up a little bit. Their arm action and arm slot are very different. The ball is coming in at very different angles, not just because it's righty-lefty. It's just where they release. It's something that I don't know. I mean, the, the Twins experimented a little bit with piggybacking last year. So I can see why Shelton would come in potentially and be like, hey, this is something that I saw I would like to do more of. But it's almost like these two are kind of perfect if you're going to do this experiment. You know, because you – I mean, you would love to say, hey, Clayton Kershaw and Max Scherzer are going to be piggyback stars. No, yeah. they don't need that. But here's a chance where both of them could, you know, play off of each other and make themselves better pitchers because of it.
0: Yeah. I mean, and again, they looked good today. Obviously, we're just one game into the three-game preseason. So, small sample size. Unbelievably a dollar in the jar small
1: sample size. Yeah,
0: but, I mean, this whole year is a small sample size. So, I guess maybe we can yeah. get excited.
1: Uh, but, yeah. it, it, was it just is. Good. That is wild that, you know, a guy can – one really bad start. Like, if someone could have a really bad start. You know, they give up eight runs over two winnings, and then their season ERA is going to be legitimately like a run higher. No, than-
0: oh, yeah. Like, there's no recovering from it, unless if they, like, do double duty. You know, if they're used out of the pen in the last month Which of the season.
1: No one's going to do. No one's going to do
0: that. Um, I'm not counting anything out this year.
1: So- I guess it's going to depend on how pitchers hold up in general, but I feel like that's just disaster. Waiting to happen to make someone throw the absolute most, you could be like, "This is your bullpen day. We might use it in a game instead."
0: So, before we get into the uh, elephant in the room, let's talk about the offense a little bit. Right field thought it was going to be an issue. Turns out, the guy who wasn't supposed to start today drove in the first two runs of the fake season.
1: Guillermo Heredia. Uh. Good glove, good versatility, runs the base as well. This is, the bat's going to come down to the small sample size, I think, because, I mean, Bull Durham, you know, ground ball with eyes, a gork, a bleeder, you know, a couple of those, and all of a sudden it's like, yeah, he did a pretty good job, you know, filling in for Gregory Polanco. If he doesn't get him, it's, it's just another good base runner and good fielder out in the outfield. And you all, they already have that in center field with Gerard Dyson. So, I mean, it's tough to really put all your eggs in the Brian Reynolds basket as far as, like, outfield hitting productivity.
0: Yeah. Especially in, like, I don't know. I mean, the outfield is where your offense is supposed to come from, or a lot of it, traditionally. I mean, you'd like for everyone in the – yeah, the corners to be you guys who produce power, produce runs. But – I mean, you take a look at last year's team. Aside from Bell, the offense was the outfield. There was a point in time last season where the Pirates had five highly productive outfield bats. Remember those days? You know, and yeah, and now, now they we're don't sitting have here. Five
1: bats. <laughs> yeah, <and> now <laughs> we're sitting
0: here, moving former first-round pick shortstops to the outfield. Six days before the regular season starts, you know it, it's it's crazy how things can change in a year, but good to see some offensive production from the outfield um from Guillermo Colin Moran, my guy for those who do not know Colin Moran and i we're uh we're kind of best friends no it was, it was an <laughs> inside joke Alex and I have uh i always i always seem to get the most out of Colin Moran in an interview for some reason he's kind of a I don't know. He doesn't like, he's kind of a quiet guy, kind of introverted, but he and I always had some really great conversations when I was covering the team in the past couple of seasons. So Alex and I have an inside joke where I'm always good buddies with Colin Moran and started off today two for two. And I just, I text. what was the text I sent you? Oh man, I
1: I'm recording. I I said, why Colin
0: Moran is the best player in baseball. My column. And he looked good at the play today. Josh Bell had a nice swing on a ball, sent it to mm-hmm. center field. I thought that one was gone. Um, Cole Tucker had a nice hit today, too. Well, it was an error. But, yeah. And it was cool to see. And I mean, he walked, and he didn't really do much in the field. But it's just cool to see O'Neill Cruz playing at PNC Park. I'm excited to watch that become a normal thing. So those were the good things. There were some good things. Um, we like to be positive, but we need to address the negative. And I think it's safe to say the bullpen as a whole was a negative today, considering it got rocked by an Indians lineup that had one to two major leaguers in it by the seventh inning. But the main guy we need to talk about is Kyle Crick. Alex, we we talked on the phone Immediately after the game, about what we were going to discuss here on the podcast, and I thought you had the best analysis of it. Just break down what concerned you about Kyle Crick's performance.
1: I mean, he missed a couple pitches up in the zone. That's whatever. You know, you get hit every once in a while. I'm I'm not worried about that. What is a bit concerning was the drop in velocity uh, for the slider. It was sitting around like seventy six to seventy eight where last year it was, you know, 81 mile per hour, usually average. Uh, I don't know if he just was maybe holding back a little bit, uh, if it, he was just off for the game, but that was only the third time he's appeared in camp. They kind of, you know, eased him into the role or eased him back into summer camp. It's That wasn't the same slider we saw last year. That's not the same slider we saw in uh, Bradenton either during spring training. I I am not gonna put a whole lot of stock into it. It was one bad outing, but the velocity is something that I think needs to be, you know, they need to keep an eye on, you know, going forward. Because if it's gonna be, you know, mid seventies, that that could be problematic going forward.
0: You can't throw that pitch. A seventy five mile. I mean you slider. can
1: you can because it, it still moves and spins like crazy, but the the slider isn't good because of the velocity. It's but a drop in velocity could be an indicator of something's not right. Yeah. yeah, I mean we saw that
0: last year with JMO, right?
1: Yeah, more. Or you or have less. a drop
0: in velocity. I mean, his was more. Yeah. He was reluctant to
1: throw certain yeah. pitches. Also, it, right? it, yeah, it, it's more whenever it's the fastball drop in velocity, something that that's the real red flag. It's just something that, uh, I think should be kept an eye on going forward, especially in the early parts of the season, because the parts are really relying on Kyle Crick. Now that Keona Killa is on the 10 day IL. Yes.
0: Uh, anything, any, what's the diagnosis with him? It's undisclosed. Undisclosed. Okay. Uh, And then the other two relievers we saw, we saw uh, Nick Birdie. Again, first time back since an injury last year. And we saw Navarovskis. Did we see anyone else?
1: No, those were the –
0: The three relievers we saw. Um, Birdie wasn't terrible, allowed a run though. Navarrozkis came in and immediately allowed a run. Uh, I don't know. Any extra thoughts
1: on them as we wrap this up? Uh, more or less what I expected from both.
0: Okay, fair enough.
1: I mean, Bert, Bertie looked good. He, like you said, he got tagged up for a run, but it was really just one bad pitch he made. Yeah, in the night. Well,
0: I think that's all we got. You got anything else to add? Let's do these more often. Yeah, let's do these more often. I was gonna say. Uh, for all of our uh, loyal listeners, we have good news. If you like hearing our voice, you're going to be hearing it a lot this baseball season because we will have some daily content coming starting this week. Pirates are going to start playing games every day this week. We're going to start bringing you daily audio content on Monday. Uh, I don't think we're going to call that show Sunday lineups. We got to have a meeting, I guess, to discuss the name (laughs) of that program or or whatever the boss wants it to be called. We'll go with that or whatever, but we're going to be bringing you a lot more of these discussions um, game by game and not even, it's it's not going to be your, you know, post game show or whatever. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to make it unique. We're going to make it entertaining. We're going to make it fun because that's what we do here. So, for Alex Dump from Noah, Ohio signing off, saying thanks for listening to another episode of Sunday Lineups here on DK Sports Radio.